The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at youreverydaystyle.com. Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, the show that teaches you everything your mom never did about getting dressed. If you are a new listener, welcome. I am so glad you are here. If you've been listening for ages, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here too. Before we get into today's topic, I wanted to let you know about something we've got coming up. If you're listening to the episode when it's released, you know that the holiday season is rapidly approaching. American Thanksgiving is next week. And while we've been listening to Christmas songs in stores for weeks and weeks and weeks on end now, Black Friday is the official kickoff of the holiday shopping season here in the United States. This is the day that retailers offer crazy deals and people shop in the middle of the night and get into physical altercations over televisions. I don't know. It's crazy. I've never been a big fan of Black Friday shopping, probably because as you may know, I go to bed at like 930. I am an early bird. It's just too much for me. There is nothing I want bad enough to duke it out for it. But if Black Friday is your thing, I admire you. I truly do. Anyway, the pandemic has obviously changed a lot about the way we shop, but even before that, it feels like deals were going online starting on Thursday and then on Wednesday and then Tuesday, and now it's like Black Friday Monday apparently is the thing. Who knows? But the craziness of Black Friday has sort of changed. The energy has changed in recent years and not just because of the pandemic. You can pretty much get everything you want without camping out in front of Target in the cold weather, but that is not my point. We're not talking about Black Friday craziness. My point is that here at Everyday Style, we are getting into the Black Friday spirit too. Nope, you don't have to stay up all night. You don't have to be cold. You don't have to, you know, practice your right hook to get a deal. I'm not going to spill the beans quite yet, but we have an amazing deal coming up that you don't want to miss. I'm not going to tell you what it is quite yet, but you're going to want to make sure that you're following us on social media, either Facebook or Instagram, or better yet, get on our email list. I have a feeling that the everyday style holiday elves might just send something a little bit early to your inboxes. So you can go to our website right on the show notes for this episode. You can find links to the social platforms and you can find a spot to sign up for our email list if you're not on it already. All right. With that said, let's get on with it. In our last episode, I told you that today we'd be talking a little bit more about style guideposts. Style guideposts are three magic little words that you come up with to define your style. 
We've talked about these guideposts before, but I want to talk about them again because they're really important when it comes to making style personal and making style easy. Anything that makes it easier to have the style that you want is a win in my book. Easy style is style that sticks, that lasts, that you actually will commit to. So if these words can help you do that, and they absolutely do, they're an important thing to focus on. Today, I want to share where women go wrong with their style guideposts. There are three words that I hear all the time that I want to encourage you to consider letting go of when it comes to describing your style. I'll tell you why they're not helpful, and I'll share some alternatives instead. First, though, let's recap what those important words are and how you can use them to help your style journey. Style guideposts, three words, not two, not four, that you choose to describe the way you want to look. That's key. Imagine if you overheard someone talking about you, all good things, and they said something like, I just love Linda's style. She always looks so blank, blank, and blank. Your style guideposts fill in those blanks. It could be fun, bold, and eclectic. It could be refined, elegant, and sophisticated. Those words are how you want to look. Your guideposts need to be authentic. There is no shoulding all over your guideposts. There's no, I should be elegant and refined when you're really fun and eclectic. In order for these words to be helpful, they need to ring true. Can you use them to help change up your style? Sure, you absolutely can. We talked about that in our episode on reinventing your style. But at the end of the day, trying to dress like you think you should instead of how you want to look is a losing battle. You can do it, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be not fun and it won't last long. So use these words to find the best version of you and go after that. Also, your style guideposts don't have to mean anything to anyone but you. If I said one of my guideposts is feminine, that might mean something completely different to me than it does to you. To me, it might mean that I prefer dresses and heels. To you, it might mean that you love pink ruffly things. The words are completely subjective. It only matters that you can define it and recognize it when you see it. One of my guideposts is polished. And when I share that, I often hear, ooh, I like that one. What does it mean? And I ask, well, what does it mean to you? Because it doesn't really matter what it means to me. If you like the idea of having polished style, you should know what that means for your wardrobe and how to get there. Let's talk about how to use your guideposts well. Style guideposts make it easy to shop, get dressed, and edit your wardrobe. They keep you on the right style path, you know, kind of like a guidepost. When you're shopping, it can be really easy to get distracted by good deals, fun things, new trends. But if you've ever wondered why you don't wear all the stuff you bought in the clearance section or why you're not wearing that, that piece that everybody else seems to be wearing, it's probably because they're really not your style. Sometimes when we shop, it can be easy to think that because we have these things in our closets that are outside of our own style, 
we'll want to dress differently just because we have them. But trust me, after working with thousands of women, I can tell you that simply isn't true. That clearance skirt isn't going to turn you into somebody that you're not. So when you're shopping, test your purchases against your guideposts. Do they match at least two of the three? If they do, it's probably going to be a a good buy. It's going to be a good purchase. You're going to get value out of that thing. If that piece doesn't match any of your words, you can go ahead and put it back because that's going to be one of those things that is hanging in your closet in two years with tags still on it. Next, when you're getting dressed and you really want to up your style game, use your guidepost to help you get there. If your words are current, fun, and polished, like mine are, ask yourself if your outfit for the day is current, fun, and polished. Again, it should hit at least two of the three. If your outfit doesn't match your words, ask yourself what you can add or swap to get there. How can you make your outfit look more current, fun, and polished? This, my friends, is how you end up with outfits that feel like outfits and truly feel like they represent your signature style. I understand this feels a little bit unnatural at first, like you're really working hard for style and that feels frivolous and it feels, again, unnatural. It feels like this is not something that you should have to work at, but you won't do this forever. Having good style is really a skill. And if it's not one that you are born with or naturally good at, but you want to be, this little habit will have a big impact. Finally, you can use your guideposts when you're editing your wardrobe. You know those insurance clothes that you're hanging on to convinced that you're going to want to wear them someday? I'm doing the air quotes. I know you can feel it in your soul. Air quotes on someday. If they're not your style, you're not going to reach for them and you can let them go. Test the things in your closet against your guideposts. You're probably going to find out that the clothes that you gravitate toward and wear all the time match your style, while the pieces that you never reach for, even if you should love something, those pieces, they don't match those words and that's why. So hopefully you can see how these three little words help make style and wardrobe building so much easier. Now let's talk about where style guideposts go south, where women tend to get it a little bit wrong and use words that don't help them get to the style they want to have. In the questionnaire that I've sent out to literally every single client I've ever worked with, I ask her to describe her style in three words. This is also a question I like to ask now and then on Facebook or in our capsule communities. I find the answers really telling about where women are at style-wise. It's always, it's always interesting to me. The top three answers that I hear back just happen to be the top three words I want you to consider getting rid of. They are, in order of both popularity and unhelpfulness, are you ready? They are comfortable, casual, and classic. Let's talk about them. First up is comfortable. Yep, I want you to stop describing your style as comfortable. And right now from my office in Farmville, Minnesota, I can feel some of our listeners getting worked up. Your blood pressure's going up a little bit. Like, you really want me to work from home in dress pants and a blouse? No way. I'm not driving my kids to soccer in heels. I work. I, I can hear it. I hear all of the the reasons why you want to keep comfortable as your style guideposts. I know this because I've gotten this feedback every time I say that your style shouldn't be comfortable. But hear me out. 
I guarantee you with almost 100% certainty that wherever and whenever you are listening to this right now, I am wearing comfortable clothes. I own very little that isn't comfortable. So why is comfortable such a problematic style word? Because style is how you want to look. And that, my friend, is a very important distinction. Your style shouldn't be comfortable, but your clothes absolutely should be if that's important to you. If someone says to you, wow, that looks so comfortable. What do you automatically think of? Like, what's the image that just popped into your head? Was it sweats? Was it oversized things? Maybe it was even pajamas, right? Chances are your mind didn't conjure up a stylish put together outfit, did it? Nope. It probably went to one of those Shark Tank comfies that are amazing on my cold weather camping trips, but aren't really the look that most women are going for. You shop through the lens of what you want your wardrobe to be. So when you define it with a word that's really about function, like comfortable, you're going to end up with a wardrobe that looks that way. Let me explain. When you define your wardrobe as comfortable, when you're looking in a store or browsing online, your eyes go to the things that look comfortable and you end up with a whole wardrobe full of sweats and leggings and tees and not much else. However, when you shop through the lens of your style guideposts, you look for clothes that look how you want them to look. From there, you can choose the pieces that have the functionality, like comfort or easy care, that you want. I know that I have talked ad nauseum on this show about my beloved Ponty pants. I am obsessed with them. You know why? They always look polished, which is one of my words. They don't wrinkle. They keep their nice, deep black color. They elevate everything I wear from blouses to sweatshirts. But the reason I love them so much is that they are insanely comfortable. They're way more comfortable than jeans and a lot more refined looking. And speaking of jeans, a lot of women who describe their style as comfortable shy away from jeans because of the comfort factor. But the pair that I have on right now as I'm recording, which I will link to in the show notes because they're amazing. They are so comfortable. They are current and polished and super comfortable. If I shopped with just comfort as my first priority, I wouldn't have these amazing life-changing jeans. I would have bought more joggers and leggings. So do you see how you shop through the lens of what you want and it sort of cuts a lot of things that might really work for you out. Let me give you another example that's not wardrobe related. Imagine you're shopping for a new sofa. So you head to the furniture store. You tell the salesperson, I have little kids. I need something that can be cleaned easily. Now I know, and you know, the exact sofa you're going to be shown. It's brown faux leather. It's probably really puffy and you can just like wipe it down or clean it with a magic eraser. And that's great. And if it, that's your style, that's even better. But what if it's not? Do you have to just live with furniture that doesn't make you happy? Lots of people think so. But I know a woman who, when I worked with her, had six, yes, six, young kids and a couple of dogs. She also had beautiful white pottery barn couches. I know, right? That's crazy, crazy. So crazy that I asked her about that. I was like, how do you even do this? And she told me she bought them because they were so easy to clean. 
She could just throw the slip covers in the washing machine and bleach them when needed. She told me they were really old, which was shocking to me because they looked absolutely pristine. This is the difference between shopping from the perspective of functionality first versus shopping with your style in mind and then finding the functionality that you want and need. That client loved the way her living room looked every single day because she had her dream sofas in it. And it turned out they did work for her lifestyle too. So I want you to consider letting go of the word comfortable from your style guideposts, along with all the other words that describe what you want your clothes to do instead of how you want them to look. Over the years, I've heard style self-described as comfortable, easy care, and mom-friendly. I don't know what mom-friendly looks like, but I'm pretty sure I don't want that. I want clothes that look the way I want to look that are also appropriate for my mom life, whatever that means based on the stage I'm in. I told you I was going to give you some alternatives and swaps for these words, but there really aren't swaps for these words. Just let them go and focus on how you want to look and then choose pieces that do what you want them to do. And before anybody sends me an email of saying that you're not going to get rid of comfortable clothes, I want to reiterate, I don't want you to get rid of comfortable clothes. I just don't want you to shop from the absolute first perspective of comfortable. I want you to shop and choose things you like the way they look and then make sure they're comfortable too. You're going to end up with a comfortable wardrobe that you like and you're going to like the way you look in it. Okay, let's move on to our second word, which is casual. Casual as a style guidepost is a little bit less egregious than comfortable, in my humble opinion, but it's still problematic. When people say their style is casual, I can kind of picture it, right? It's probably jeans and tees over trousers and blouses. It's probably more knit fabrics than wovens. It's sneakers and booties over heels. So in that regard, it might even bring up the style that you want people to see. But here's my issue with it. Casual isn't really a style, it's a level of formality. Every life has some casual activities and every life has some more formal activities. Maybe your life is 90% casual, 10% dressed up, or maybe it's the other way around or somewhere in between. But the point is there are times in your life where you wear casual clothes and times in your life where you don't wear casual clothes. The problem comes when women who self-describe their style as casual have to dress up. They really struggle. Like, I don't even want to go struggle. I don't know if you remember my favorite quote from Diana Vreeland, which is, it's not the dress, but the life you live in the dress. I've shared that quote so many times over the last two years. The problem comes when women don't have the dress or the pants or the top or the shoes for the life they want to live. So they say, "Eh, I just won't go. They pull back from life. On that style questionnaire where I ask my clients to describe their style in three words, I also ask another question, and it's my very, very favorite. The question is, can you think of an event outside of your normal routine that you struggled to dress for? I ask them what the event was, what they wore, and what they wish they would have worn. Very early on, I noticed the correlation between women who self-described as casual 
and big events that weren't as much fun for them because they didn't have the dress for the life they wanted to live, so to speak. Those stories make me really sad. I know you know that when you've got something great in your closet, you're more excited to go to that baby shower or birthday party. I know you know that when you've got something great in your closet, you're more excited to go to that baby shower or birthday party. But when you struggle to get dressed, the whole thing seems like a big chore. Special moments in life shouldn't feel like a chore. They should be things that we look forward to, that we celebrate, that we are excited to go to. And if it's your wardrobe that is making special moments in life feel not fun, like you don't want to do them, fix the wardrobe, right? That's a pretty easy one to me. Just fix the wardrobe. When you describe your style as casual, your entire wardrobe becomes casual. And then you have a hard time seeing yourself as someone who wears anything other than casual clothes or who goes anywhere other than casual places. Women who use casual as a style guidepost also frequently feel like they're not dressed appropriately for anything. Forget just big life events. A lot of casual women tell me they feel like they never get it right, like something's always off or missing. And if a little light bulb just went off for you, like, yeah, that's me, ask yourself if you would describe your style as casual. And if you would, start there. A better approach, again, is to choose three words that describe the way you want to look and then dial up or down the formality level in the pieces you choose based on the way you live. This will keep you from creating a prison of casual clothes. And trust me, I have seen a prison of casual clothes in my career where you don't feel confident going anywhere that you can't wear jeans or even worse, like yoga pants or leggings. I have seen that a lot and it becomes a prison for your life. Your wardrobe should never, ever define where you feel comfortable going. Now, if you're struggling to let go of casual, if you can't get that out of your head because you really do live a mostly casual life, I want you to consider using the words relaxed or laid back instead. If my husband came through the door right now, through my office door and said, get dressed, honey, we're going to the Royal Ball. First of all, I'd be like, we live in Farmville. There is no Royal Ball. And I'd laugh at him. After that, though, if it were true, I would need to go shopping. I don't have anything like that in my closet right now. And if I walked into the formal dress section of a store and I was a person who described my style as casual, I would really struggle. None of those dresses are casual, not one. However, if I describe my style as relaxed, I could see dresses that didn't have big floofy skirts or stiff fabrics. I could find dresses that had great draping in maybe a stretch crepe or a jersey material. If my style was laid back, maybe I'd look for things without a lot of embellishments. The goal is to use words that could apply to any level of formality. That's how you make it easy to apply your words in different sections of your life. I've got athleisure clothes that are current, fun, and polished, and I've got dressy clothes that are current 
fun and polished. Taking the formality words out of how you want to look makes it easier to apply your guidepost to all facets of your life and have style in all facets of your life, from you know casual weekends with your family to the office job to you know going out on date nights or mom's night out to the Royal Ball if that's a place that you go. Now, I don't want to leave my self-described dressy people out of this part. That's kind of the the opposite side of the same coin. But in all of my centuries at this point of dressing women, I've had a handful of dressy clients and a tsunami of casual clients. The challenge is the same. Events outside of their normal routine just simply throw them for a loop to the point where they don't want to go. For my dressy people, the fix is the same as my casual people. Find words that take the formality level out and just focus on how you want to look. You can use words like elegant, refined, sophisticated instead of dressy and then shop from that perspective. You can find refined hiking clothes. You can't find dressy hiking clothes. It's a very subtle shift that makes style a lot easier. Okay, our last word is classic. Classic is the most misunderstood word of the bunch. The first time I talked about this, this was a long time ago, I got an email from a listener who told me she was never listening to my show again because I said classic isn't a style and then she took our style quiz and her result was in fact classic. She was not happy. So I want to be clear on this and I've always been clear on this. Classic actually is a style word. It's a very good style guidepost, but most women who are using it don't understand what it really means. So it isn't that you can't be classic. You absolutely can. It's just that most women aren't. So let's first talk about what classic is, and then we'll talk about what most women mean when they use it. Classic is a style that is traditional, unfussy, and well-tailored. You're not going to find a lot of super trendy pieces in a classic wardrobe or out there patterns or oversized slouchy fits. The magic of classic style is kind of in its subtlety. These are the women that you look at in like jeans and a plain tee and think, how does she look so put together? Like I look, I look like I just roll out of bed when I wear that same outfit. Every piece she wears, the classic woman wears, is nice. Every piece fits well, and the accessories are understated and refined. Classic style focuses on quality over quantity and incorporates a lot of timeless pieces. We're going to come back to timeless, so hold that thought. But classic is characterized by great basics and lots of neutrals with pops of clear, bold colors like red, kelly green, lemon yellow, bright pink. You see patterns like stripes, plaids, and some leopard print, but it never gets like out there or crazy. Accessories are traditionally understated. You're going to see things like a pair of gold stud earrings instead of big hoops or chandeliers. Key pieces in a classic wardrobe are things like a white shirt, dark jeans, a camel trench coat, a blazer, a navy blazer, ballet flats or driving moccasins, and structured handbags. So I know you can picture this woman in your mind, and you're probably thinking of people like Kate Middleton or Audrey Hepburn. They are great examples of classic style. 
If you're someone who describes her style as classic, but the things that I just described aren't describing your wardrobe or the things you gravitate toward, chances are classic isn't the right word to describe your style. When you see a photo of a woman with great classic style, it's difficult to pinpoint when that picture was taken. It could have been last week, it could have been last year, maybe even a decade ago. It never looks really on trend, but it doesn't look dated either. Classic wardrobes do have a longer shelf life than other styles, which is one reason I think women get this one wrong. So let's go back to the idea of timeless pieces. There are absolutely timeless pieces and silhouettes, but the interpretation of those pieces changes over time. Let me explain. In one sense, every piece is timeless. A t-shirt is a timeless piece. A white button-down shirt is a timeless piece. Suits are timeless. They will always be there and look roughly the same. Over time, though, the shape of that t-shirt changes from short and boxy to long and lean and back to short and boxy again. The lapels and collar and cuffs and size of the buttons change on that white shirt over time. When it comes to suits, you don't have to look any farther than the movie Working Girl to Ally McBeal to see that suits change over time actually quite a bit. I once worked with a client who had retired a couple of decades before we worked together. In her closet, she had dress bags full of her old work clothes. She told me she didn't need to try them on because they were just classic work pants and she kept them so that she'd have them if she ever needed them. I knew what was coming. You know what's coming. So I encouraged her just to pull them out and, and just try, just try them on. She put the first pair on and her face was hysterical. She was horrified by how terrible these pants were. They were super high-waisted and pleated with full tapered legs and the heaviest, scratchiest material ever. Now, some of those elements are coming back right now, but considering this was like 10 years ago, at the time, skinny ankle pants were all the rage. The pants that she had looked terribly, terribly dated. So yes, sure, dress pants are a timeless piece, but the version this Linda had were terribly dated. She got rid of every single one. Every piece of clothing, everything that you own is changing over time. Tops get shorter or longer, rises on pants change, the lapels of shirts change, you know, are, are there cuffs on the pants? Are, are there no cuffs? Is it a tapered leg? Is it a full leg? Everything changes. But here's the thing. Classic clothes change slower. Doesn't mean they don't change. It means they change slower. When you buy a white shirt, for example, from a store with a traditional classic aesthetic, the pieces will change less from year to year. A white shirt you buy from Brooks Brothers is going to look the same a lot longer than a white shirt you buy from White House Black Market. If you compare that Brooks Brothers white blouse that's in the store today to one from five years ago, they're probably going to look pretty much the same. If you compare it to one from 10 years ago, you'll notice some differences. One from 20 years ago is probably going to look or feel dated. 
the white shirt that you buy from White House Black Market will show more changes in five years. It'll look dated in 10, and it might even be ready to come back in style in 20 years. They're on a different timeline. It doesn't mean that things aren't changing and that things don't date. It's just the timeline is different. The problem comes when we buy clothes from stores and brands who do not sell classic clothes and we think, well, it's just a white shirt. It's classic. If you want clothes that have a really long shelf life, you have to make a point to buy from classic brands. And even then, understand that everything changes in dates, some just quicker than others. The other thing you need to recognize is that most stores you're shopping from are not classic brands. I had a client who would not part with anything because it was from Loft. And she said, well, Loft is a classic. She would not get rid of these wool knickers, you know, like Oliver Twist, please, sir, can I have some more knickers? Because they were from Loft and they were a classic. No, Loft does not sell classic clothes. Old Navy does not sell classics. Banana Republic does not sell classics. Most stores you are shopping from do not sell classic clothes. And it's important to recognize this, that even those basics, those timeless basics you buy from those stores are changing quicker than you probably think they are. Okay, hopefully that gives you a better idea of what the classic style actually looks like and what makes some pieces more timeless than others. Now let's talk about where women miss the mark when they describe their style as classic. Again, if your wardrobe looks like the description I gave you earlier of classic, great. You go right ahead and use classic as a guidepost. But if it doesn't, let's see if we can't help you find a more accurate, more helpful guidepost. The biggest way I hear classic misused is as an opposite of trendy. These women usually have the idea that items are either totally trendy and they'll be out of style next week or things are classic and they'll look current forever. The reality is neither one is true. Hopefully you've listened to my episodes on the truth about trends and are skinny jeans still in and you know that there's a difference between trends and fads and that trends don't move quite as quickly as we think. Often, when women self-describe as classic as a way to avoid trendy, they end up looking dated. So you might be thinking, but wait, I thought these words were completely subjective and only needed to make sense to me. And you know what? You are right. You are absolutely right. If you want to describe your clothes as classic because you hate to shop and you like that sweater that when you bought it 12 years ago, go for it. That is totally your right. Over the years, though, I found that women who describe their style as classic tend to be the ones most bored with their wardrobes. Women often use classic as a catch-all to mean, nah, I never thought about my style. I just buy clothes and call it classic. And that's where using it as a guidepost can actually hinder your style instead of help it. Women often use their guidepost to describe what's currently in their closet instead of how they'd like to look. And looking backwards instead of forwards won't get you where you want to go. So if you would describe your style as classic, first ask yourself what that word means to you. If you can picture what classic looks like in your mind and that's how your wardrobe looks and how you want to look, you're good to go. Keep using it. If you're using classic as a guidepost because you've never really thought about how you want to look, put classic aside for just a bit and finish the sentence, I want to look blank, blank, and blank. Forget about what's in your closet that you already own and ask yourself how you want to look. Often women use classic because they don't want a flashy, bold wardrobe. 
Try using the words simple or understated instead. Other times women use classic because they don't like slouchy, relaxed, oversized fits. Try tailored or refined. You might find that swapping out a word with one that has more descriptive meaning than classic helps you break out of a style rut, clearly understand how it is you want to look and what it will take to get there. Friends, I know I talk about these style guide posts a lot, and we're going to take a break from signature style for a bit, but it really is because they help simplify style so much. If you want real, authentic, personal style, just start by asking yourself how you want to look. Come up with those three words and then use them to make style easier, better, and more fun. Of course, we have a link to our style quiz in the show notes. You can start there to get your creative juices flowing. You might find that classic is one of your wardrobe personalities, but just start here. Just start by asking yourself how you want to look. In our next episode, we're having a conversation about some of the most important pieces in your wardrobe that are some of the most overlooked. Get ready to talk about the importance of great basics. These boring, simple pieces change your wardrobe and they are so crazy important and we're going to talk about them. All right. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find me at Everyday Style with Jen on both Facebook and Instagram, or just sign up for the email list so you don't miss the amazing Black Friday deal that is coming soon. That's all I've got for you today. I'll see you next time. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.